Hey, everybody. From Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Chris Lemon. And coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking about slut-shaming the Mormon way. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's the right way to slut-shame. Oh, it's any the other, best way. Any other it's way. It's the of, celestial. <laughs> any way. other way of slut-shaming is not the right way. No, no. This is the, it's the Lord's true slut-shaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we uh, we have a fun uh, um, blog post from a, a Mormon mommy blogger that uh, Chris found for us, and so we're going to be talking about that and responding to it. And then uh, Dan, of course, is absent today, so thank you, Chris, for for sitting in. Of course, he uh, he's out of town, and uh, so he couldn't couldn't record this week. Well, I hope he's um, having fun. Yeah, sure. Why not? all right chris what have you got so um i wanted to start with an article which was from the salt lake tribune uh at the beginning of the month on july 1st and it was written by taylor anderson and it talks about um medicinal marijuana in utah which is Mm. going to be on the ballot yeah yeah we have a referendum this november which is utah yeah i know which is super (laughs) exciting and it's been crazy because in the past two years, there's been um, kind of this wave of support from Utahns mm-hmm. for medicinal marijuana. Yeah. Um, in fact, they said that uh, last year, support got up to almost 80% right. of Utahns supporting uh, the use of marijuana um, for people with medical conditions. Mm-hmm. Um and then or earlier this year, uh, it was at 76% approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the LDS Church came out, and the yeah, Utah not- Republican uh, Committee came out in opposition of it. They both uh, released statements opposing right. uh, the use of medical marijuana. Right. And then the, the, um, it dropped. The approval rating for medicinal marijuana among Utahns dropped 10%. Yeah. So it went from 76% down to 66%, okay. which is apparently where it's at right now. Yeah. However, what's really cool is that 61% of Utahns said that the LDS uh, church's opposition to medicinal marijuana makes no difference uh, to them in their right. support of it. So there's still a majority of Utahns that is saying it doesn't matter what this organization says, right. what this church says, we're still going to be in support of med- medicinal marijuana. I know. So, I think it's... I think it's amazing. It's a it's an odd development for Utah, but it was it's kind of been this. If if people weren't paying attention to this process over the last oh however many years, there have been these Mormon families who've had kids with medical issues mm-hmm. that they've that they know um, from sort of um, people out of state and people who are reporting you know about what you know, like CBD oil and the effects that that has had on treating certain, you know, conditions. Um, they've, uh, they've wanted that option here in Utah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they've been working with the legislature and they I believe that one actually got passed. The legislature passed that one. And then there's just been this slow progress. And the, the real kind of sleeper part of this whole issue is the fact that it's the Mormon moms who are the ones who want it. Exactly. And that's that's just the mind-blowing part of the whole thing. It almost even seems like there's been a, a kind of push within the Mormon community to return to homeopathy, mm, right? Yeah. Um, 
but which it's is so concerning f- on some level. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> we'll talk about that on a different show. But because I'd rather they focus on scientific, <laughs> right? You yes. know, medicine, but, you know, medical treatments. But we do know that marijuana uh, has medicinal properties. You know, for, for sure. For practically anything. I, in fact, personally, I believe that 90% of the population could get a prescription for medicinal marijuana mm-hmm. because it, it does wonders for things like joint pain, insomnia, mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. Um, and then not to even mention some chronic conditions like um, epilepsy or, you know, chronic seizures. Right. Um, like yeah. I, have, I have a buddy um, that, you know, he has epilepsy and marijuana has cured his epilepsy. Cured? Well, I mean, I don't know if cured is the right word. I know that when he it treats it, smokes marijuana, he doesn't have seizures. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I know. I actually know a woman who's epileptic who, who uh, is seizure free thanks to smoking marijuana. So it is crazy. So and then, I mean, that's awesome that uh-huh. she's found um, she's found a medicine uh-huh. to help help. Her. I, mean, I mean, we should be careful with some of these like. Because I, I think it's important to remember where the science is and where the science isn't on these. Okay. You know, like, um, you know, and, and you can say what you want to about big pharma and, and, and whatnot, but there are rigorous testings, you know, there's a rigorous testing process that pharmaceuticals have to go through. Um, there's, you know, the, you know, the double blind testing to right. really look at, is it actually effective at doing this thing? And and medical marijuana hasn't gone through that rigor, so it's all anecdotal. But it does seem from the from this vast amount of personal experience using it um, that it clearly has some medical uses, right? But, but also, I, I, w- I mean, it's still- I, I would hesitate personally to call it medicine mm-hmm. because I I would rather reserve that for the stuff that's gone through scientific rigor, right? Huh. We see it. And I think I'm going to disagree there (laughs) because I think it, I think it is medicine Yeah, and I think that it it can work as medicine for people. Hmm. And if we're willing to call, um, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know. It just seems like that somehow, um, pills like such as opioids and Mm -hmm. the benzodiazepines, which are highly addictive. No, I know. Um, those get to be called medicine, but you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, we're getting, sadly, we're in the weeds. Sadly, (laughs) sadly, I went down the semantics road and now I'm an unwilling participant in the semantics road. Did you get it? We're in the weeds. Oh, the weeds. (laughs) Weed. Oh my God, you're the worst, Frank. What have you got? (laughs) No, but I don't want it to sound like I I don't think this is a wonderful development. I personally um, have kind of just like written off marijuana, like in my own life, not because I have any kind of objections to it, but I just, well, I I don't have never smoke marijuana. (laughs) Never. But I, I just don't have, uh, I don't have the experiences that I want from marijuana, which is, I just want to have a good time. And I, I get too into my head and oh, I see. Get quiet. I can see and, how that would be. And it's issue. not, not very fun. But what I don't understand, and I'm just going to go back real quick, is why this religion is opposed to it. Like I don't that I am having a hard time understanding why the LDS Church wants to be opposed. Well, yeah, there's nothing in the Word of Wisdom, so fuck them. Well, even if there was something in the Word of Wisdom, I mean, it's now we're approaching it from a more medicinal view right from a more medicinal lens so 
I mean, Mormons are able to get prescriptions for opioids. Right, but we know this is a slippery slope, Chris. But I don't know what that means. And I mean, <laughs> it, it just seems to me like also like it seems like willful ignorance. Like mm-hmm. we know that this drug actually can do things for mm-hmm. people, you know, yeah. but yet it's still illegal on a federal level. So we haven't even been able to study it in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. And especially in Utah, you know, yeah. well, that's one thing that I think they really need to, to do ASAP is actually pass some legislation or more legislation to allow, you know, clinical and university studies to go forward um, about how you how how what effects marijuana actually does have for treating these certain conditions. And then you can call it medicine all you want. Okay, right. I agree. But then but I feel like then we run into uh, an obstacle from the legislature, which is. You know, Republican. Yeah, but there are other leg- there are other jurisdictions, there are other states that would be more than happy to pass these. And laws. it's it's already right. happening. Yeah. It's already happening, and you know we will get that information and but, the data. Yeah, what I'm waiting for is for uh, Big Pharma to come out with a um, an addictive version of, <laughs> of marijuana. Why? Well, because that just seems like that's what they that's what they would want, right? According to everybody's great big yeah. theories about yes. Big Pharma, <laughs> because... <laughs> right. <laughs> Big Pharma, if you're they're listening, not, they're not going to make the it. You don't make. They're not going to make it until they can make <laughs> it like make super, it addictive. super addictive. Huh. What have you, <laughs> what have you got over society there? even more? Um, oh shit! I wasn't even thinking about what my next story is, or what my story is going to be. Um, this one, oh Chris, you're going to love this. I'm going to get upset. Huh? I think this one is going to piss you off. <laughs> so actually, I actually there is a theme for all of my stories today. They're all stories I figured would would outrage oh. you. Oh, I thought it was going to be a theme that I'd have to find out. Like oh. at the end. At, <laughs> no, you know, no, no, no. Like no, hidden a... me- no, no. It's just, just brace yourself, Chris. Okay. It's coming. Um, so uh, Channel 2 here in Salt Lake City. KUTV. KUTV is reporting um, about an, uh, an, a Mormon mother of four who has lost her temple recommend because she breastfed at church. In the foyer. What? And she bre- breastfed uncovered in the foyer. Oh, <laughs> my God. You are right, because I am pissed. That is so... Uh, just, Chris. Wait, just... hold on. Keep going. Keep okay. going. I need more information. So, she um, apparently... Uh, so, so, LDS chapels have a, a space where women are supposed to go breastfeed. It's the, there's like a mother's lounge. Oh, it's in the bathroom. Right. right. But it's, it's in the women's restroom. Uh-huh, that's right. Right. And, uh, and there's a little speaker that you can turn on and off, uh, that, that will relay the, whatever the speaker in church is saying. Right. Um, so this woman didn't breastfeed in the right place. Shouldn't breastfeed in the right place. Uh, and hidden away hidden in the away bathroom, where nobody can see her. Where somebody's taking where a shit next to her. her shame, right? right? And back over there, and there's some woman, you know, some woman with a wide stance and a shin length <laughs> dress that she's hiked up and is <laughs> grunting in the next stall. I mean, God forbid a woman feed her child wherever the fuck she wants to. I, I know. All right. So God, apparently hiding her in the bathroom. Jesus, the speaker. In the in the in the women's restroom has not been working at her chapel. Oh, so she was even wanting to hear what was being so said. So she was she had positioned herself in the foyer because she could hear the people giving their talks. 
I don't know why you would want to hear the people giving their talks. Because but... <laughs> they help the baby attach to the nipple. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, but anyway, so that's, that's just, just kind of set the scene a little, right? She's there because she really doesn't have anywhere else to even be. Aside from the fact that she is engaging in a perfectly uh, natural and normal activity with her young child, right? With her uh, one-year-old, I think, year-and-a-half-old kid, right? A child that is a still child breastfeeding, who is still age, breastfeeding right? age. Um, and so she goes to um, her Temple Recommend meeting with the bishop. And this is something that more Mormons who want to go to the temple, right, have to go through a worthiness interview, the, I think once a year, right, with their bishop. And the bishop asks them all these questions about, are you, are you honest in all your dealings with your fellow men? Do you pay a full tithe? Do you believe Jesus Christ is the redeemer? Do you support the prophet and believe that he's true and blah, 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 blah. There's all a list of questions that they have to ask. And uh, anyway, so that's how people get into the temple. And the temple is really important. That's where marriages happen. Uh, and it's where sort of if you're a full-fledged sort of fully participating member of the church, you have a temple recommend. Yeah, if you it, believe in Mormonism. It's a status thing as yeah, well. Like, yes. like to not have a temple recommend knocks you down a peg. There's certain yes. callings you can't have. Like it's a big deal. And so she goes in for her temple recommend meeting with and the bishop. How, uh, time timeline. So from when she was breastfeeding to when the meeting was, do you know? Um, and that nobody had talked to her before this. Uh, well, I, the child is still breastfeeding age. It sounds like okay. so. She. This has been matter going on weeks. for a matter of weeks, okay. maybe a couple, All few right. months. Who knows? Go on. Right? She she goes in, but she goes in, and and. He said, he told her that members of the, of, of the ward, right, her church, uh, had complained about her openly breastfeeding in the foyer. Um, she was asked to either cover up or use the mother's room, but she said that for her, those weren't good options, uh, and he refused to sign her temple recommend. Um, the first counselor in the uh, bishopric, so are- his assistant, uh, I didn't even know they could sign the recommends, but he did, right? And so now she goes to the stake. So, and so she has to go to the but stake. The bishop president. refused to the sign. The bishop it. the bishop didn't want to sign off on it. But the first counselor was willing to, right? So he did. So now she goes to the stake president for the second interview, right? Because it's not good enough that your bishop says you're worthy. You have to go to the next level up, right? You basically like you have to go to the diocese essentially right because she's she's got a scarlet letter because she breastfeeds her kid like got a she, big old big old b yeah like, <laughs> she's, <laughs> like she's got to go through like these hoops well the two interviews is normal right right um but oh, yes. they're bringing up this issue at the at the meeting right and so she goes to her stake president and he says that he is not going to sign off on her recommend <laughs> Um, he, uh, apparently he quoted from the strength for the strength of youth pamphlet about modesty. And he told her that women should cover up so that men do not have sexual thoughts. This is not a sexual act, right? At all. Um, she had, she said that she had to leave the room several times, um, to calm down. 
And at one point while she wasn't there, the stake president told her husband that he had, uh, he had better control his wife. What? Mm -hmm. Um, and that if he supported her, he wouldn't get his recommend signed either. What does that mean? Like if he agreed that she should be able to get a temple recommend, he would, this is aggravating. Right. right. Like just his opinion would keep him from getting uh it. Yeah. He needed to have her in line or else he doesn't get one either. What kind of patriarchal, (laughs) like (laughs) subjugating of women, motherfucking bullshit is this? This is normal. This is normal Mormon shit. The only difference is it's being reported. I'm so angry. Right. I mean, how many um, people has this happened to over the years? In countless. I promise you. I, I guarantee you, whether it's this specific issue or they've been steamrolled in some other and way. what is she supposed to do? Because here's the thing, you know, like, it just feels like it's just so aggravating. And she's trying to feed her child. Feed her child. Her child who's hungry. Yeah. She's uh, using, she's breastfeeding, which uh, is being frugal. Which is saving money. Oh, beyond that, the World Health Organization, they, the thing didn't pass because the United States actually blocked it, but they recently were trying to get passed at the UN um, a declaration that said that breastfeeding, based on, based on the actual science, scientific evidence, breastfeeding is the preferred way for women to feed their children. Yes. It has all the nutrients that the baby needs, so forth and so on, and that formula should only ever be a backup. Mm-hmm. Well, the United States, because of big formula. Um, <laughs> big formula. Right. Well, and our um, it puritanism. It was, it's it, a lot of puritanism. Because like, we're puritanical here. Yeah. We don't realize that, like, that we get scared of a woman popping her boob out to, you know. to feed a child. We get scared of that. Yeah. And, you know. Anyway, the United States blocked that whole thing. So it's not just... You know, this, oh, it's it's this and it's frugal. No, it is. It's the right thing to do right. if you can do it. But right. I mean, I'm just saying that, that. And furthermore, she was trying to listen to she was trying to be a dutiful, devout Mormon and listen to the to the speaker. And mm-hmm. like, it's just it just seems like what what in the fuck was she supposed to do? Like, right. Go home, go out in the car in 90 degrees. You know, like right. what, what was she supposed to do? Where was she supposed to go? Like she he, doesn't need to go anywhere. She's perfectly fine right there. Ugh, perfectly fine. Um, you know, I mean, they should just be happy that she didn't pop it out right in the pew. I, I think that's fine. <laughs> Which too. she should yeah. be able to do. But she was she she was secluding herself. She's just out in the foyer. Nobody's out in the foyer. Maybe a couple of people walking through to go use the bathroom. And honestly, but like, so she already like she was. Like, should not have felt like she needed to have, like, accommodate, but she already was. Right, right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I feel like she wasn't good enough. She was, exactly. And it would never be good enough. Because she's a woman, she's a woman using her own body. And that's what it is. Yeah. That's honest to God what it is. It's women controlling their own body. Yeah. And, And even the remarks from the state president about, like, A, the husband should be controlling her and she needs to be covering her body because what it could do to men. Like that's just fucked up. It's just bullshit. And what's in your head, you pervert. That's what I would say to the stake president. I'm like, really? Tell me, does, does 
a woman breastfeeding make you have impure thoughts? And here's what... Impure thoughts. Right. That's so gross. (laughs) And here's what... Isn't, like, a child screaming, like, while somebody's trying to give a talk, like, because they're hungry, isn't that, like, more obscene than than a boob? Of course it is. I mean, first of all, I, I find... Children of but that's a whole other story. I, anyway, I, I apologize anyway. to all the listeners with children. Um, her husband uh, stood behind her, supported her, um, and they now both, neither of them uh, can enter the temple. Um, the stake president Be- followed up on his threat and did not sign his either. Be- um, but he so, had, didn't do anything wrong. Like He supported his wife. Against the counsel of... The, he was leaders. told by the church leader what he needed to do and he didn't do it so he didn't get to go to the temple um so this of course hit the twitter sphere big time good um and somebody posted on there melory wheat is her name uh she pointed out um there is a statue of a pioneer mother openly breastfeeding on temple square there are paintings. Are you the, serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a, there was a picture. <laughs> yeah, she posted a picture of it. Right? There are paintings in the temples with mothers openly breastfeeding. Why then shouldn't we be allowed to openly breastfeed in a church lobby? Get it, girl. Yeah. Go so, get it. They've got some problems over there at the, at the church office building. <laughs> They're having some problems with their membership right now. Uh, the, it's, it's near open revolt. You want to know what's it's wrong like, with... It's bubbling. You want to know what's wrong with Mormonism? It. What? So many things are wrong <laughs> with Mormonism. Like everything. <laughs> the fact that it exists. Oh. Uh, okay. Some interesting things happened in Japan uh, oh. this past month. So Japan has uh, executed 10... Um, Actually, what? 11 prisoners. No. Yes. Execution? Yeah, by hanging. I um, didn't know that they were uh, a death penalty country. Well, I wasn't aware of it either. Um, huh. But seven uh, seven people were executed this uh, last week, and six members, uh, six people were uh, executed earlier. Uh, they're members wow. of the Am Shinrinko um, cult, which oh. I don't know if you remember, but in 1995... They conducted the sarin attack in the... Sarin, oh, sarin, sarin, sarin gas? Oh, of course I yeah. say it wrong. Sarin <laughs> gas attack in the um, Tokyo subway. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I do remember that, killed actually. Killed like eight or nine people. Yeah, horrifying. Um, and in 1994, they had also done another uh, gas attack. Um, oh, my God. So, yeah, they, uh, Japan just executed uh, members of this cult and the, the cult wow. is a neo-buddhist cult surprisingly enough. oh so they were a, a violent buddhist cult. Seem, they need to go back to saying om and right sitting under the whatever tree so yeah but even the huh. leader uh and his name was shoko asahara he uh they yeah 11 people no way put to death by they hanging took care of that so well Militant Buddhism, you don't expect it. But what about like Myanmar? Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, but, the, but just the just that of thousands, only of... those two. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, Buddhism is Buddhism is awful. And Richard Richard Gear Greer Gear Gear Richard. You Gere. said I said Saren, and you said Greer. <laughs> Richard Gear. It's Pam Greer, and she's a badass. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, Richard Gear. He's going to be really upset. 
He's he's a crazy Buddhist. Yeah. All right. He likes gerbils. <laughs> and that too. All um, right. Yeah. Was there anything else? Well, I thought I was going to say something, but I don't think I was going to say anything. I think anything. you should. No, I don't have anything else to say. Oh, okay. Just, you know, that it's it's weird to think that even religions that we think are like just these peaceful... Well, see, they've done a good job branding themselves, haven't mm-hmm. they? Like, because they're not. Well, they're just like any other religious group. There's There can be but, crazy options, yeah, right? Yeah, and radicals and people who... Uh, Extremism. have got a axe to grind of some sort. Um, well, all right. I don't know how I feel about Japan actually executing them. They deserved, they deserved serious punishment. Yeah, I, um, I'm weird about the death penalty. I actually agree with you. I don't, I don't like the death penalty. I don't like it either. Yeah. I don't think it's right. Well, I just don't feel like it, it like, um, it's when your mom, you know, when you're hitting your sister, your little sister as a kid, and mm-hmm. then your mom slaps you across the face, like don't hit, right? Right. I just don't feel like it, it helps. I don't feel like it can, um, educate a society or, yeah. or further the development of a society. Yeah. Hmm. It, it it keeps the violence going. Yes. Well, it's a, yeah. it's a chain. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Okay, Chris, I've, uh, I've got the story of, um, uh, that I was actually a little conflicted about bringing up this story, but it's the story of a, um, a man here in Utah, um, up in Ogden by the sound of it, who, uh, killed his infant son, uh, this last week, my God, uh, and then fled from police. Um, he uh, he said that he saw a six 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 on the kid, and so he he killed him. He um, he erected an altar, um, and then stabbed the child to death. Um, now, granted, I would suspect that the man is has some mental illness. Issues. Yes, but it's but it's, <laughs> so, it's mental illness but, that has been cultivated in an environment and culture of of religion, right? And he found mm-hmm. he saw this thing, the, emerge. the archetypes, yeah. the paradigms of religion. Mm-hmm. So he's he has somehow that has been incorporated into his mental illness, or yeah. in, so I mean, yeah, religion's yeah. still to play. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the details, if we want to go through the details, um, Alex Hidalgo is his name. Um, he was uh, left alone with the, the, the child uh, so that the, the mother, the, the child's mother could run some errands. Uh, when she returned, uh, she told the police that she found uh, Hidalgo in the front room reading a Bible and watching a, a video of religious music and sermons. Oh. And she was unable to find the kid and asked him where, uh, where he was. And, uh, he replies that he had built an altar like they had talked about, um, and began talking about how their son had 666 on him. Um, uh, this part's just wretched. Uh, she found the, the, the son, um, uh, in, uh, a garbage bag in the closet um, and she tried to resuscitate the child A neighbor helped while they waited for, you know, the ambulance to show up. Um, and the postmortem is what, uh, showed the, the cause of death, which was, uh, multiple stab wounds in the neck. Um, anyway, so he ran and, uh, the police later found him wearing an outfit with stain, stain in blood and blah, 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 blah. 
And so, um, but yeah, I think your tie-in um, to um, grabbing on to religious themes, mm-hmm. right? That 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 iconography the, and and, and the fact that and and I think what's interesting is he he attacked this whole altar thing, right? Um, it, it's not like this is not <laughs> he's not pulling themes from very violent stories, no. You know that are very common, uh, commonly told biblical stories like right? abraham and isaac exactly. for example i yeah. mean so we can be so humans... we can be as horrified as we fucking want mm-hmm. by this story that happened when last week uh-huh. yeah but the fact of the matter is that's a tell as old as time oh yeah like as long as you know yeah. as long as religion has been around like uh, if religion told abraham lovely and stories isaac, right and mentally ill mm-hmm. people you know glommed onto the lovely stories <laughs> maybe yeah i'm not it's saying like, yeah like the, yeah. No big deal. Yeah, but I'm not saying that like he's not. I mean, he's absolutely responsible for his actions. Whatever. Of course, but it is just kind of uncanny the similarities to Abraham and Isaac, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Except, well, you know, he went through with it. Yeah. So I wonder if when he gets out of prison, he's going to start Alex Hidalgo's babysitting service. <laughs> Because I don't think you should. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to disagree with you, Chris. Um, yeah, yeah. I wonder what the neighbors will say when he joins the neighborhood. <laughs> well, he's probably not getting out of prison anytime soon. So, The last thing I have, if you want to hear it, I mean, it's... Is it uplifting? Even... No, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like it's not a downer. It's just I just find it kind of interesting. So the HRC, uh, the Human Rights Campaign, which is a um, organization uh, that works for equality for uh, lesbians, gays, mm-hmm. bisexual, transgender, uh, mm-hmm. queers in questioning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, have a series called the Coming Home To series. Oh. So it's for. Uh, what kind of series? Like a... so, it's a pamphlet series. Oh, okay. Right? It's a gotcha. series of pamphlets uh, and I think online resources. Okay, cool. Um, but they're for religious people who happen to be, you know, lesbian or gay or you know, oh. in the queer community. Okay. Um, and there are seven of them. Um, like example, there's uh, coming home to Catholicism, coming home to Judaism, hmm. coming. Well, they're officially called coming home to blank the religion and Mm -hmm. then and self right so it's just an idea for uh okay yes for gay people to navigate and negotiate between their sexuality and their religion um like there's one for mormonism as well that came out i think recently but the one that just came out um this month uh was called coming home to evangelicism and to self mm-hmm. so it's a guide for lgbtq evangelical christians right um, and i guess the hrc you know met with a lot of scholars and um mm-hmm. pastors mm-hmm. i'm sure <laughs> that are evangelical christians and um they tried to put this together but i just it kills me because like i just want to say no like no pamphlet is going to help. No. People the problem ne- is the church. Right. There's going to be no ham- pamphlet that is going to help these people negotiate between one thing and the other. Right. 
because they're two fucking different things that yeah. can't coincide. Like I, I, I'm, you know, I'm all for like trying to help people out who, you know, for whatever reason, they just, they can't let go of their, their faith, you know, and they're, they're, they're gay and their faith says that they're not welcome. Right. Okay. Great. But that's the wrong kind of help. Right. The right kind of help is like faith transition therapy. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. Because you need, you like, that is not good for you. That, that setting it's abusive. It's abusive. And I think Frank hurts people. Yes. And, and there, there, there is a problem that the, the, this is, this is the, the, the far side of, um, God, I hate these kind of discussions of, um, Liberals being a little too over-accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, that at some point we need to say, no, it's not okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. the shit you're doing to people is yeah. not okay. And, 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 and obviously we recon- have our atheist yeah. perspective on this whole thing. Like a reconciliation but, packet isn't helping. In fact, if anything, it's It might it's actually damaging. hurt that person. In fact, because yeah. it's prolonging, it's prolonging, you know, because it's, it's taking off a Band-Aid to yeah. some extent. Yeah. Leaving and get out. speaking as somebody who left religion, you yeah. know, it is abusive and it's harmful and the, the shit that's going on in your brain. And, and to uh, respond to what you were saying earlier, you know, it's hard to leave a religion, oh, yeah. even if you don't believe in it. Sometimes mm-hmm. your, your community is connected to mm-hmm. it, you know, your identity, your, yeah. you know, idea of self. Oh, you, you have to rewrite everything, mm-hmm. right? And it's funny how, how fundamental or maybe it's not funny, but how fundamental that rewriting goes. Mm-hmm. It goes down to the very core yep. of of your sense of right and wrong, exactly. your sense of place in the world. Um, not even just your own idea about like just who you are mm-hmm. and how you face, you know, those, you know, those deeper existential questions, but also just really simple moral and ethical decision making on a daily basis. Right now, you know, hopefully you have, something to fall back on. I felt like Mormonism's basic teachings weren't too bad. Right. But it's an, it's application in a well, <laughs> larger yes. setting, you know? And so I was able, I was able to like negotiate it and figure it out. And as you know, you figured it out and everything, but like some people have a really hard time for whatever. They're just holding on to it. There was this guy on sub on, uh, on, on Reddit, uh, that I posted something not too long ago about being, uh, being Mormon in some small town and still going to church and he was gay. Right. And it was like, why? <laughs> like, get the fuck because out. the message, and he was saying yeah. that he like, it's like that he didn't even really believe it too much anymore, but he just, it was just like, but he thing, also you know? knows. And I'm just like, people just, just get out. But, it's so much better. Once but he out. knows what and this i think is a, a hang up for people he knows what people are going to say mm-hmm. and he knows what people are going to think yeah. and how they're going to judge him and right. he knows if he leaves and stops coming to church they will see him through a lens of unworthiness and they will yeah and they do and that worthiness thing is pounded mm-hmm. into you mm-hmm. in mormonism and although they may not hate him they will hate him if he leaves yeah that's yeah. true that's true chris hmm. all right well, I don't fuck, have any- fuck the uh HRC, <laughs> their little religious bullshit thing. Okay, Chris, I um, actually I have a uh, story that I want to get to from um, 
from the Midwest. Um, <laughs> what state? <laughs> what state, Frank? <laughs> I'm not going to say it, Chris. Because you say it wrong. <laughs> it's Missouri, ain't it? Uh, ain't it Missouri? From the state of Missouri. This story comes to us from uh, St. Louis County. Um, it's, um, so it's the story of a, an, an aging couple, an aging lesbian couple. They're married. Uh, Mary Walsh and Bev Nance, 72 and 68. Uh, and they are looking to move into a um, some kind of, you know, aging care facility, right? Um, a senior living community is what they're trying to get into. And they've found one that they really like. It's called Friendship Village. And it is... Um, apparently, it's a really lovely place, and it, and it was recommended to them by friends... Uh, they are, um, it's, it's one of the things that they really liked about it is the fact that they, uh, it's one of the few, um, senior living facilities that as the, as the level of care increases that they need to give you, the, the, the the monthly payment does not go up. Um, which I guess must be fairly rare. Uh, so they, um, they went, they were checking it out seemed great and uh but they they've run into a little bit of a of a snag because their their uh application has been denied um based on the fact that their relationship violates uh the cohabitation policy <laughs> of the community that what? defines they marriage have a cohabitation uh, policy that defines marriage as the union of one man and one woman uh as marriage is understood in the bible uh, so this is a, it's a, there's a religious group that owns and operates this facility and, uh, and they are apparently discriminatory. Well, they are definitely discriminatory, but they are, um, probably within their rights. Um, speaking just sort of from the perspective of federal law and, uh, housing law. That they uh, that they can discriminate based on the the sexuality of the people who are applying to live in their facility, and it's privately owned, um, <coughs> which is an important detail. You know, and uh, yeah. because then they're not falling under any other groups, sort of, you know, rules and regulations and blah 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 blah. So this poor couple. Um, of course there are other options for them, but they should not be facing this level of this kind of discrimination. Um, and, uh, you know, this is part of this larger, uh, discussion that, that is happening right now in the United States. That's been sort of putting, um, anti-discrimination laws, um, and religious liberty laws at odds with each other, right? That there's this struggle you know, to, to, this is, this is the wedding baker mm-hmm. story. This is the pizza parlor. Cause God wants you story. to mistreat people. God's- because discrimination is nothing but mistreatment. I mean, you, you can right. call it what you want and you can say that you're doing it for whatever reason you're doing it for. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is you discriminate against somebody like that's, I mean, it's mistreatment. Mm-hmm. And, and furthermore with this, I mean, the place is called friendship village. <laughs> <laughs> God, they're friendly. Yeah. But you are right. And um, I don't know about Missouri. I don't know about their state laws. But um, 
federally there are not laws that protect gays, lesbians, bisexuals, transgender, as far as housing and employment go. There are not. They don't exist. Um, However, in Utah, they do. Um, Like Utah, for example, um, you can't discriminate. I mean, you can't legally discriminate against uh, somebody for being in the queer community in housing and 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 employment. employment, But, um, you know, and it just brings up some other things like what are aging gay people supposed to do now? Um, mm. And I know that there are like in like in Santa Fe, there are some uh, retirement homes uh, in Palm Springs that, you know, kind of service the LGBT community almost mm-hmm. exclusively. Mm. Um, but it is a unique community. But we also shouldn't have to seek out those places. Exactly. Now, now, um, you know, I part of me, I'm always just like when I saw the headline, right, the headline just says. Lesbian couple denied housing at, in Sunset Hills senior living community. Lawsuit claims. Sunset Hills is the is the town that it's in. Um, also, don't don't ever put a retirement community anywhere where it has to be associated with Sunset anything. Oh, yeah. That's cruel. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cold in here. It's not cold in here. You're just dying. Oh God. Um. But, I have um, to give credit to Sarah Silverman for that one. That wasn't mine. <laughs> but anyway, I forgot, I forgot what I was even trying to say. But like they, um, I, I, just my reaction to the headline was, good Lord, like why would you want to be surrounded by those people anyway? Yeah. Right? Like, like given all the information about that community and who seeks out that community, you probably don't want to live there. Right. But the flip side of that is how fucking infuriating it is that people would would uh, opt to exclude these people. You you don't get to turn people away. Right. Like like that's like just just fill the place with a bunch of bigots and we won't want to live there. Because here's here's (laughs) another thing. You don't have to worry for me. And I may have talked about this before, but like what it comes down to for me about these discrimination issues uh, Especially against, you know, gay people. Really against anybody. If you're using your religion to discriminate against somebody, especially in a place of business, in the public sphere, mm-hmm. which this may be privately owned, but it is a business mm-hmm. operating in the public sphere. Absolutely. So here's my issue. Those women spent years and years paying taxes. They paid income tax. Mm-hmm. They paid sales tax. They paid state tax, et cetera, et cetera. So... They paid into systems mm-hmm. that helped to pave the roads leading mm-hmm. to Friendship Village. Oh, absolutely. They helped to educate the staff of Friendship Village through our public education system. Mm-hmm. Uh, they contribute to police and fire that protect Friendship Village. So it, there is absolutely no... It just gets me because how can you discriminate against people when they're part of the society anyway? Do you know what I mean? Well, but isn't that the glory of private property, right? And what they're trying to but achieve right you're in the right public now. sphere. Right, but that's what they're trying to... They're trying specifically right now. The right is trying to, to um, create these exemptions for them so that they can discriminate. Well, then, right. then that's... Which what, is... I mean... Then you have to change. Then you, have, you can't be a, a working with well, right. the public. If you, if you open up your doors generally to the public then you should, you know, have to take everyone, Mm -hmm. period, you know. And 
you know, it's so crazy to me. And here's another argument, like about the the um, cake baking. Mm-hmm. It's so funny to me because it's also about what you can see on the surface, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how many times has that baker, you know, made a cake for a fucking sinner, <laughs> you know, or for like all he knows, a murderer or a rapist or somebody way more terrible than a gay person? Oh, absolutely. You know, so. the discrimination against gay people is what you can see on the surface. And I think that that's part of the reason Mm -hmm. that it's so disgusting. I mean, all discrimination is disgusting to me, but it's, it's an assumption about like somebody and their life and how they live their life because of their sexuality. Right. You have made a wedding cake for a couple before that has sexual, a straight couple Mm -hmm. before that has sexual practices that you would find deviant, freaky, freaky, Gross. Weird, gross, etc. Sinful. Right. Yeah. And some vanilla gay couple comes through and it's just the end you know? of the fucking yeah. world. You see, it's funny. It is funny. <laughs> and to think of it that way, like, because it literally means that um, he, he or she, whoever's baking the cake, mm-hmm. uh, gets to stand in judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of people's sins. And yeah. some sins, you know, we can overlook and some we can't. And, right. But the fact of the matter is, Christians, don't they believe that everybody's but, a sinner? How how far are we going to complicate this whole matter, right? So this, your, your discrimination against a group, right? In this case, specifically gay people. So let's just stay there, right? Your discrimination against gay people is based on something that your church teaches. Well, now we have to go back and see what your church actually teaches, right? Because it's not enough just to say that it's a firmly held belief because where the fuck did you get that belief from? Like what kind of situation are we creating where now we have to like get into people's minds and into and research their actual belief system in order to figure out whether they committed a crime or not? Yes. There is a Danish journalist that wrote something along those lines. And he said, he said, if you as a believer... Right. Ask me as a non-believer to observe your taboos in public. You're not asking for my cooperation, but you're asking for my submission. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. that's what it is. They are asking yeah. me for, they are um, trying to, to make non-believers, well, non-believers, atheists, agnostics, submissive to that. Yeah. And that we are subject. Slave to it. To their uh, religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's not right. That's not the world that we live in. I'm sorry. We haven't lived in that world for a very long time. So fuck you. Yeah, I agree. Fuck I, you. I agree. And you know what? Uh, friendship village. Yes. And especially, oh, I just saw the picture. Them, I just saw the picture they, of right? these two lesbians. They are the most adorable Oh my couple. God, they can come live at my house. <laughs> They're adorable. Mary Walsh and Bev Nance. I know. Oh my God, they got married in 2009. They're They've been together for four decades. 40 years. Yeah. Do you know how many sexual partners Donald Trump has had in the past 40 years? <laughs> oh, my God. Look at these two adorable lesbians. I know, oh, I know. Little senior citizens. I just want to oh, pinch their cheeks. They're the cutest. Well, anyway. My heart goes out to them. Anyway, if you have anything that you would like to add to this discussion um, or say anything at all to us um, about anything you've heard on the show today, please uh, feel free to send us an email. The email address is podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or you could call and leave us a a voicemail message. Uh, The telephone number is 424-666-8442. 
find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Atheist, where you'll also find the um, TGIA members only lounge. You have to search for that and request to join, but we will let you in. And then there's also now the TGI Atheist subreddit, uh, where you can go and enjoy conversation there, um, post questions, comments, articles that you found that make you pissed off and angry. Um, or you can also find uh, links to show notes, etc. Um, so why not go check that out? So, Chris, uh-huh. uh, I have a little clip of audio that I'd like you to listen to. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is from Rick Wiles. 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 W-Y-L-E-S. W-I-L-E-S. Oh. Rick Wiles. Is he a, a televangelist? He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a right-wing conservative talk show host mm. on... Uh, on the internet. I think last time I was on, you even played something from Probably. Me. He's been kind of you a go-to. You enjoy uh, No. Well, I mean, you... In, in, <laughs> I don't enjoy well, him. Well, of course you don't enjoy him. <clears throat> I, I guess what I'm saying is that he's fodder. Oh, he's fodder. So, so Rick Wiles is sort of a self-fashioned uh, modern-day prophet. Okay. He, he <laughs> prognosticates a lot. I like that And word. I love that he does because... He's he's sort of a short timetable prophet as well as we'll see in this clip. He uh, he'll say, "I bet in the next three days we're going to see this by the end of the week." You know, there will be you know uh, bedlam, bedlam in this country. People will be shooting each other. People will be raping each other. Blah 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 blah. And then of course it never happens, right? Like millions of people all dead in the streets. Never happens, right? But people still listen. But people still listen to him because, uh, you know, he's kind of way with he's words. A he's a Yeah, he's kind of fun to listen to. Him. So anyway, this is what he uh, says. Uh, he's making a 72-hour prediction. Okay. This was a week ago. So, so, see, so if, see if... It should have manifested <laughs> four days should have happened. Ago. So see if... See if, uh, see if it... Let, let's just find out if it did. <laughs> and we showed you... Uh, CIA agent, homosexual, Anderson Cooper on CNN. Well, over on the other communist news channel, MSNBC, they have another homosexual, Rachel Maddow. You see, America, you've been homosexualized. You've been Judaized. I'm going to just tell you the way it is, okay? Your minds have been captured. You're no longer a Christian nation. Even the Christians don't think like Christians anymore. That's right. You've been Judaized, you've been homosexualized, you've been, you've been Babylonianized, your minds have been tainted. You don't even think like a Christian anymore. And so Rachel Maddow, she was spewing out last night calls for revolution. That's exactly right. Calls to remove the president of the United States. She was telling the left, take a deep breath. We're at that moment. It's coming. We're at that moment. We're almost there. We're going to remove him from the White House. Friends, I think we're about 72 hours, possibly 72 hours from a coup. Look, be prepared. 
that you're going to turn on television and see helicopters hovering over the roof of the White House with men clad in black rappelling down ropes, entering into the White House. Be prepared for a shootout in the White House as Secret Service agents shoot commandos coming in to arrest President Trump. That's how close we are to revolution. Be prepared for a mob, a leftist mob, to tear down the gates, the fence of the White House, and go into the White House and drag him out with his family and decapitate them on the lawn of the White House. I, I don't even know where to begin, Frank. Like, for, this nation's been homosexualized. It's been Judaized. Judaized? Like, so, like, Jewish. The Jews have taken over. Oh, my God. The homos, the Jews, like my and favorite, the Babylonians. Mean, <laughs> the homos and the Jews, my favorite people. I know, but where is he getting this? The Babylonians are taking over. Yeah. It's in Babylonianized. <laughs> and it's called Iraq now. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call it Babylon anymore. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start. Like, isn't it? Well, it's just first of all, like you you can't even you can't even dignify the whole um, commandos. It's nonsensical. And like, there's you, no basis. You, 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 you can't even get. You can't even waste your time on that one, right? Because it's just so ridiculous. Well, and you know what's crazy so, about it? It's them using. It's the right using their kind of... That's how they would do it. Like, I, right. I, I mean, it just seems well, like... I didn't see the Rachel Maddow clip. I didn't clip. either. I can't comment. So I cannot comment on that. But there, there was a clue in, in this as to the fact that, that, you know, the time is coming and we're going to have him out of office. Well, if, if I know the Rachel Maddow show at all... She's talking about through legal means right. that right. we're going to impeach the criminal who is in the office right. Right. illegitimately and remove him from office through constitutional means. And here's what I want to know. Who is it that's, uh, that is attacking the White House? Is it the gays and the Jews? Because I don't think it I'd is. love to see it if it was, though. That would you know, be the best it's a attack. It's helicopter, right? Hey, boys! <laughs> We've come for the president. <laughs> He's getting a makeover. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring him right back. Yeah. I mean, we promise. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, I mean, I just. Oh, please. Yeah. So anyway, so that happened. That happened on completely offensive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he's a horrifying man. And um, the whole the whole profiting thing. He does it so poorly. I don't understand how people could still possibly be watching him. He his, his predictions, like you know, you want to you want to go more sort of the Nostradamus, route, yeah, right, the, the vague, vague. You know, that you're pretty sure that it could happen hundreds of right? years from uh-huh. now, right? At some point, there will be an earthquake. Well, because we know <laughs> at some point there will there be will an be. earthquake. Yeah. You know, there will be fires because there will be fires. Like right, right. Like he's a little. You're right. He's a little too specific. <laughs> yeah. Like helicopter. It didn't yeah. happen. But there, there's a there's a there's a handful of them that do this. Uh, he's one of them. Uh, Christy Jacobs, I think, is her name. She's a fucking lunatic. She does the same thing. Glenn like, Beck's back too. Oh, is he? Yeah. What's his brand now? Uh, I don't because know. Because he's I, he goes 
he's, he's so a slippery weird. motherfucker, you can't keep right? Up with like him. he, and now it's like he's trying to like be play, kind of play both sides. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just weird. Somebody had sent me a link. Oh. On, facebook and i i can't watch glenn beck i lost about 35 seconds and then i just have to stop does he still hate trump that's what i want i don't i think he hates trump but he's still telling i think he's telling people to support the president oh weird all right anyway anyway that's beside the point i'm speaking out of school so okay all right um well all right so there's that um a couple voicemails chris i'd like to to play for you get your response as well as mine um, here's a, um, here's a, a, a voicemail from a listener who, um, has a plan with the Mormon missionaries or for oh, okay. the Mormon missionaries who she's been talking to. So, uh, let's just take a listen. You guys, you guys, I have been inspired by Frank's tales of missionaries. I am now the proud owner of the Book of Mormon. Three lovely young ladies came to my door today. She talked to me about the Book of Mormon, invited them in, gave them water, we chatted a bit. They're coming back Thursday because I think it's my duty as an atheist to spread the good word to them in exchange for them bringing this free book to me. So, yeah, they're coming back on Thursday, and I'm super excited because now I have this captive audience, and hopefully, hopefully I can sow the seed of doubt in their minds, and one day they can look back and be like, yeah, the Book of Mormon really doesn't make any fucking sense. I should just forget this whole thing. Wish me luck. Bye. <laughs> oh my god, she's fun. I yes. like her. Um, yeah. So thank thank you very much for that. Um, I don't think she said her name. Um, but here I've got a little thing that I want you to look up because if you're not from sort of a Mormon background um, and gone through sort of the ex Mormon process, you need to look up something called the CES letter. Jeremy Reynolds. Yeah. Look it up. CES letter. Um, and the first little bit of it is going to help you out a lot. It's very long. It is. Just read the first, what, four pages or so? Four or five pages, um, uh, that talk about specifically the problems with the book of Mormon or even better get on YouTube, just Google Jeremy Runnels CES letter. And you can see a couple interviews with him and he'll tell you his story, which is even easier. Sure. Okay. But there are very, very specific details about that. That you could very innocently sort of insert into this conversation with the missionaries would blow their minds about things like, well, because they're, they're, the Bible, Isaiah, mm-hmm. is quoted in the, in the Book of Mormon, of right? Full, um, full sections, completely plagiarized. Plagiarized from a King James Version Bible of, of, of the Bible mm-hmm. that there were very specific errors in this one edition. And it was a very common household Bible that would, probably was in the Smith household. In the 1820s, right. 1830s. Right. And so this is the Bible that Joseph Smith would have had access to. And he transcribed verbatim, including all of these printing errors, right, that were in this one version of the Bible. And you could like, you know, goes, I, I'm doing, doing it injustice, but go to the CES letter and uh, because why, why would an ancient script from the ancient Americas have typos, typos from a printing from press, a printing press mm-hmm. in the 1800s? So th- there's a lot of stuff like that that you could you could just like. If you want to plant seeds of doubt, 
go there. CS Letter is genius yes. for planting seeds. Like I think that. it's so cool that our badass friend is like looking because she's on a mission too. Yeah. I mean, and so why is it that one mission is you know vilified and one is you know glorified? So I oh, I say go I, get them. I em. glorify this listener. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> because I've I'm always s- vilified those damn missionaries. <laughs> not always. <laughs> well, not when I was I'm, one of them. <laughs> but I'm saying that she is a badass and. Like, if you're coming into my house trying to convert me, well, f- fair game, fair right? Game. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> so, definitely, I do, re- definitely, uh, I recommend her checking out CES letter. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, and here's another voicemail um, from a listener with a question. We love it when there's, we love stories, we love questions um, with, with our uh, correspondents. So, uh, let's see... Uh, Let's see. Let's see what the question is. Hey, Dan. So, I'm a huge fan of your uh, sh- podcast, and I have a very specific question about something that just happened to me literally five minutes ago. What do you do when your best friend won't be friends with you anymore because you're an atheist and they're a Christian or some other religious affiliation? Thanks. I hope you answer. Hey, well, that's a tough one. That's a, it's that's a, a really, tough situation to be. It's in. a really good question. Yeah. And um, can I? I just want to say first of all to that listener. Um, I mean, it sounds crazy, but you're not alone. And I mean, it's hard. Yeah. And it, I think that it's hurtful any time that you embrace your true, authentic self, mm-hmm. and that you have a coming out and sometimes being an atheist is a coming out story. Mm -hmm. You have to say, well, this is my truth and this is what I'm going to live. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have a hard time with that because Mm -hmm. they have hangups and expectations about how you need to live your life. And ultimately you won't find happiness living for anybody else. Right. So I, I commend your bravery and I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. Um, as far as what you can like, do um you know like i mean your friends your friends reaction is you know i don't know if it's going to be the stance that this friend continues to take um or if they'll get used to it maybe down the road um but if they are not able to adjust to the reality of who you are you know i mean it's it sucks but sometimes we have to find new friends you know, um, and that's one of, that's part of, that is a little bit of the risk of living authentically mm-hmm. as well. Um, and it's, uh, you know, like my mind has been, I've been thinking a lot about, um, the gay rights movement lately, uh, in particular, um, with regards to the ex Mormon community, with regards to atheism in general. And I think we've always taken a very light touch on, uh, thank God I'm atheist as far as like coming out, you know. Um, and I, and I think, I think our stance has always been, you know, uh, be safe, right. And only do it when you're ready. Right. Um, and the whole be safe thing is, right, I think we're specifically talking about, you know, you under 18 year olds who might be listening, um, and you know that your parents are going to have a negative reaction to it. It's sometimes best just to be able to know that you're going to be able to strike out on your own mm-hmm. if, uh, um, if they don't respond great because you are 
uh, because we don't want theirs. you. We don't and, want you to get yeah. kicked out of the house. And nor do we want you to be in a, a, a an emotionally abusive situation. Exactly. Um, as well. And so, so be careful with that. And 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 the other the other part of it is being ready. You know, sometimes if you're married and you know your spouse isn't right along with you, like maybe maybe you're not ready to um, to take the big leap out of whatever church pew you're sitting in, but. I cannot overstate enough the power and importance of coming out. Um, it is in every aspect of in life. every aspect of life. It is, it is so critical to your own sanity to um, in, in some cases your own personal safety because uh, living kind of double lives, living, living a lie in essence um, can really take its toll. And so I know for me, it was a matter of survival coming out. Like I knew I wasn't going to be able to, uh, to do it. I, there was, I had to be out, you know, as a gay man and, uh, I had to be out as a, as an atheist, right? Like it, and, and, and the atheist one for me was all, was so easy, especially in comparison to the, to the coming out as gay. But I was doing this back in the nineties. It was a kind of a different, I still have a hard time sometimes <laughs> calling myself an atheist. Really? Yeah. Oh wow, interesting. It's it's a label. Um, it's not that I shun the label. Like I I think I am an atheist, right? right? It's just it's weird. I still think I have some religious hangups that keep me from being able to just like willy nilly really say it. It's the I want to qualify yeah. it. Yeah. Is that weird? Yeah. Well, and you know, I just are, I just ah, well, there's other some other I, things I we can get into out. about me a no, little later. Well. But I want to go back to the <laughs> the listener, and I want to say a couple things. Uh, your phone call, how awesome you called in. Um, but now that you've started talking about who you are and mm-hmm. your beliefs and your, mm-hmm. your worldview, your, your, um, your way of seeing the, the world, I mm-hmm. really truly believe you're going to start finding other people that Absolutely. have the same viewpoint that, that view the world through the yeah. same, you know, atheist lens, Yeah, you know, and, and I hate to say it, but they might be more, true friends to you. Yeah. They might be more authentic friends because I'm sorry that if, if a religious person can just automatically cut somebody out of their life because they believe differently, mm-hmm. that's conditional. Mm-hmm. That's a conditional friendship mm-hmm. and that's not love. That's not what, that's not what is being professed mm-hmm. in, in a Christian re- religion or, or what Christianity should be about or, per, you know, claims to be about. Right, right, right. So, so I actually hope that you find more, you know, true friendship and love mm-hmm. with your atheist friends mm-hmm. and these new friends that you're going to be finding in your, yeah. in this new chapter of your life. Yeah. But I, I'm really sorry that you're going through that because it sucks to lose a friend. Yeah. But uh, you know, be told that by a friend, but I will know. tell you from personal experience and I don't mean to be rude, not to be rude, but <laughs> atheists are much more fun to hang out with. Than <laughs> So you're going to find some better friends, yeah, I promise. I know, but it doesn't make it any easier. For the um, moment, but it will be easier. depending on the the depth of the friendship and but it will how long easier. they've been friends, you know, like it's, it's a hard thing. And so my heart goes out to you and best of luck to you and, and all of that. But, you know, don't forget the power of, of being out, you know, and being honest. So, all right, cool. Um, well, we have a couple people to thank. Um, we have three 
Uh, new donors who I need to uh, thank. We have one new faithful listener, William. Thank you so much, William. Uh, we have a new venerable listener, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And then we normally do not mention last names, but this one, uh, I feel like I have to mention the last name. Uh, we have a new beatified uh, listener, Donald Trump. Oh. <laughs> so I suspect this might be a non He's a listener. <laughs> no, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's he's, he's a listener. And while it was a very generous uh, sum that, you're, that, 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 that Donald is coming in at, uh, if this is He's the real wealthy. Donald Trump, um, please, sir, we know you can do better. <laughs> oh. But for whoever's using the nom de plume, thank you very much. That was very, very nice of you. Um, and then, Chris, you're going to witness something that does not happen often on, on is the show. Is it magic? No. Is it the Holy Spirit? We have had a top donor for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she has... Uh, She's been our Lord and Savior. Is she hiding under the table? <laughs> um, as we've we've been warning everyone, it is always possible for the top donor to be unseated by a new top donor. Oh, she was, so was she raptured? She's been unseated. Oh, Angela! <laughs> so, Angela! <laughs> so, Angela, thank you so much uh, for all the support and for your continued support. Um, but we are moving on to a, you have been dethroned. Um, and so we now have a new top donor, our Lord and Savior, by the name of Jenny! Jenny! <laughs> so thank you, Jenny. You're now, uh, you now have taken the reins. Can Angela still be prophet, though? Uh, so if Jenny's Lord and Savior, can Angela <laughs> at least be Angela? At least be prophet. <laughs> Uh, we may have to come up with a, with a special title, uh, for Angela because, uh, she, she is, she's been dear to our heart for a very long time. We've met Angela. She's fantastic. Um, and, uh, and I actually, we also have met Jenny. We know who Jenny is. Oh, cool. Yeah. Jenny's awesome too. So, Jenny. um, so thank you, Jenny. That's really sweet of you. Um, and she worked a, a 666 into the donation. Oh. So that's also really oh. cute as well. <laughs> Maybe that's what um, Alex Hidalgo is going to call the babysitting service. 666 <laughs> babysitting. Service. Yeah, really nice. All right. Well, um, thank you, everybody. And if you, too, would like to become a donor, uh, you can do so. Go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, uh, and click on the support tab. That'll take you over to Patreon. Uh, where you can select any number of uh, levels to support us at. Uh, it is greatly appreciated. It helps the show um, keep on ticking. Uh, you know, um, both Dan and I um, dedicate a lot of time to the show, and it would be lovely if we could dedicate more. Um, and uh, we can only do that, of course, uh, through your support. So uh, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Chris, is that it for us? It's no. Yeah, there's we more. Have, yeah, there's we more. Still Chris, have to do the. We have to. We we have a. <laughs> I, I hate to be so excited about a segment on slut shaming, but yeah, this have, is some we have to really fantastic. No, we have to do it. This is like, uh, ironically, I'm going to refer to it as PhD level slut shaming, um, because uh, the woman is decidedly anti-education. And, uh, but she's good at it. 
And she's um, got it figured out. She says godly men prefer debt-free virgins. Oh no, Chris, we haven't said all that. So why, why don't you tell us what this whole thing is about? Oh yeah, I've been recording. I thought we were like taking break. Dear God, no. You're going. <laughs> so um, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. It's so gross. Um, absolutely one of the most, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, it's just it's so awful. So there's this woman in, I, I don't know exactly where she lives. I think that she lives in Utah County. Um, mm, that would make sense. But she runs a blog called The Transformed Wife. And mm. she talks about... Um, what was she before? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really give a shit about her, her past history. Her story. Um, her name is Lori Alexander. Um, you know, I actually take that back. I wish I would have looked into her background. I would like to know how old she is and a little bit about her. Um, just because I want to know like what has made her say... <laughs> these fucked up things on her blog on her blog post so she runs she has this blog post called the transformed wife right which also i find problematic just to begin with right mm -hmm. the transformed wife like a that her identity is that of a wife right and of being transformed because apparently what she was before wasn't good enough clearly which not is also a a message that seems to be loud and clearly transmitted in Mormonism is, you know, that of worth and self-worth. You're not especially good enough. Especially to yeah. women. And when we can even go back to the story about um, the woman breastfeeding, you know, in a chapel, like it's, mm -hmm. it's about control, like, and, and they need to be subjugated and they need to know where their place is. In mm -hmm. her case, it was, you know, the woman's lounge in the bathroom. Right. You know, but anyway, so back to this, her name's Lori Alexander, uh, runs this blog called The Transformed Wife. She, um, on July 16th, wrote a blog post uh, that is called Men Prefer Debt. Uh, pr excuse me. Men Prefer Debt-Free Virgins Without Tattoos. So once again, let me just go over that one more time. The article is entitled, Men Prefer Debt-Free Virgins Without Tattoos. It looks like on the 19th, she changed it. <laughs> She changed it so it said godly men oh. prefer debt-free virgins without tattoos. Right. Which, I mean, I, I don't know why she had to... Uh, and anyway, let me just read you well, some of... Well, because it became clear to her from all the feedback that she was getting that men don't. That probably a lot of... Yeah, I bet a lot of men... Generically speaking. I bet a lot generally of... Generally speaking. I bet a lot of men were like, no, I like my women with tattoos. And experience. She was like, well, that means... That means that... uh. But oh, I'm sure she was well, a, you're not godly. Yes, that's what it was. You're disgusting, sir. So I thought I was speaking for all men. Right. That, and that she can, turns, right? Turns out I don't, I'm not. Right. First of all, there shouldn't be a man on earth that's speaking for all men. Second of all, there shouldn't be, you know... Lori Alexander. Uh, Lori Alexander, who looks, I mean, who looks like she's 26 at, right. the, at the most. You know, she's speaking, speaking for all mankind. Right. Um, anyway, so... Here's how she starts it out. Do you know how much more attractive debt-free virgins, in parentheses, without tattoos are to young men? <laughs> Unfortunately, there are so few of these type of women anymore. Oh, it's oh, so true. And so few of them because of the high cost of college. 
debt. What? In parentheses. And <laughs> so sexual no promiscuity. Even with those in the church. As believers in Jesus Christ, we need to live in a way that is pleasing to him because his ways are the best. He calls <laughs> debt a burden and urges us to live our lives in sexual purity. First of all, okay, I'm just not going to go okay, into yeah. that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> there are so many reasons why Christian young women should carefully consider whether or not to go to college. Especially if they want to be wives and mothers someday. Secular universities teach against, uh, teach against the God of the Bible and his ways. It teaches them, when meaning women, to be independent, loud, sexually available, and immodest instead of having a meek, instead of having meek and quiet spirits. Okay, fuck this woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, not everybody has to be your sad little version of what femininity is. It gets worse. And then she's sharing, um, so apparently she has followers, right? I mean... Clearly, I, I don't know what kind of idiots are following this woman. More people like her. But she says, one woman wrote to me and gave her opinions on why women should, shouldn't go to college. And so then she goes on. Oh, my she God. She says, men, so and now she's quoting this other woman who, who to us is nobody. Right. All right. This is just some, some obviously uneducated yeah. woman. How could anybody advocate against college education? Right. And, and like actively like... And that she's quoting here a person, an unnamed person, you know, that is obviously not a scholar or right. Like it just okay. Let's like, hear what this. Uh, so has men. To say. So the woman she's quoting says, "Men don't want to marry women with debt. Most of this debt comes from college. They would also prefer a woman who still lives at her, at her parents' house that has not had any other relationships." Oh my do these two thing do these two things and you will find you will be highly sought after. First of all, gross. Like gross. Yeah. Like what is what time period are, do they think that like are they trying to get us to return to? I mean, this is like I mean, I hate to always bring up the handmaid's tale. Oh, but, but like just this like such a limited view of what being a woman is or can be. Right. Or, or should be. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think they they realize that women can go out into, you know, the workplace and, you Good know, point. and be managers and directors and run companies like they, they, they know that. Right. Um, but they don't think that that's right. Right. And they, they, they think that the scope of womanhood is best focused on just children, but not breastfeeding them at church. <laughs> Outside of the prescribed zones with a blanket over you. Where people are taking shits next yes. to you. Like, yeah, exactly. You can only breast... Oh, God. Anyway, so this article continues. And once again, uh, now Lori Alexander is quoting this unnamed woman who apparently is, you know, an expert. Super expert. Who <laughs> We don't even know who the fuck she is or what kind of training or books she's even read. Anyway, right. uh, if... They, if women, go to college, they are unlikely to stay home raising their children to pay off the debt and use that degree that they have spent years on. The husband will need to take years teaching his wife the correct way to act, think, and live since college taught them every possible way that is wrong. What is wrong with this person? I know. So, um... The the husband teaches the wife? The correct way. (laughs) They will start having babies later in life. That's... 
it, that is if they still can conceive naturally. And I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. Like that's a snide little. Like it's a hey, dog whistle. It's almost Yo, it's like totally. It's almost like a either referring to. I don't know. Younger, such yeah. It's just gross. Or because we know, we know that anybody who gets the more college education anybody gets, the higher their socioeconomic standing goes. Absolutely, that's true. Yes. I mean, we have we have statistics on this. This isn't just like so that that applies for men and women. Okay. I mean, granted, not women still are making less than men. I mean, that's that's also facts, but. But women need to have the option to go out into the workplace and by discouraging your, your children, your female children's education, right? You are actually taking options away from them. And let us, lest, lest we also forget that like, or lest she, Lori dipshit forgets, (laughs) right? Um, Husbands die. Husbands die. Husbands divorce. Husbands go away. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you better have yourself figured out. Yeah, that's a good point, Frank. I mean, like... You, like are you just going to rely on the generosity of others your entire <laughs> life? <laughs> Blanche. You know? um, right. And this, she goes on, if you oh, want to hear more. I mean... Oh, sure. Um, Bring it on. She's saying that if, so still saying that if women go to college, then they will have lost a handful of years of experience learning how to cook large meals and learning how to work in the garden. College <laughs> kids don't, took, don't cook. If they do, it's typically only for themselves. Lori, you're exposing your own lack of education. So here. the list like, goes on. Churches <laughs> don't talk about it. They support the college kids <laughs> and the working mothers. Uh, I think a college educated person... Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> should be able to figure out how to cook a meal. It's oh, <laughs> insane. <laughs> Young women, be wise with the path you choose to walk. Now, this is back to Lori speaking. She's not quoting the lady anymore. Young women, be wise with the path you choose to walk. Keep a long-term vision of your life mm-hmm. and how you hope it will be someday. Instead of acting acting upon all the what ifs that many will throw at you trust god with your life study the word and take the narrow path that leads to life stay Mm. virgins until marriage out of debt and don't get tattoos exclamation mark well i want to know quite frankly is um where does she get off even having thinking that she has a voice she's a woman according to her own worldview good point her points don't really matter Right? She needs to be taken. And here's care another of. one. I bet she makes money off that blog. I bet she makes a really good living off that blog. So she's she's got herself a little job. She's one, got herself a little business what that is she's got up and running. That the Bible says don't don't pray in public. Don't um, don't share your prayers among men. Uh, you know. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. It kind of seems that's like that too. It, it feels like she's got her own little online ramyumptum. <laughs> Rami Umptum. A Book of Mormon reference. Sorry. Yeah. If, if, if you don't have a Mormon background, you're not even going to get that. In fact, a lot of people with a Mormon background are still going to be like, what? What's, he, what's he talking about? 
<laughs> no, the, 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 the great structure right. upon which you Alma. would go and pray publicly. It was Alma, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. In, and, in the book of Alma. And, and, and so, like, it was built so that you could go and, and, and show your great how great you are. and mm-hmm. how great you spoke to the Lord and everything. And it was, it was a means of, it, it, this is, the, the Book of Mormon speaks uh, a lot about pride. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like pride. Which is so funny because Mormons are like so prideful, the most prideful people I know. Yeah, like it's a, it's always about appearance. It's about oh. possessions. It's about um, appearance. It just comes oh, yeah. back to appearance for me yeah. and from my experience. Absolutely, with, in yeah. Mormonism and with Mormons. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, clearly, yeah. All right, Chris. We wrapping this shit up? I think we should. Um, if you out there would have uh, anything, if you have anything that you would like to add to this conversation or um, any uh, anything that you would like to bring up about something that we've had to say, uh, please feel free to email us. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is the email address. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail message. Uh, 424-666-8442 is the way to do that. You can also... Uh, go on to facebook.com slash TGI Atheist to find our on some or part of our online presence. Also on Facebook is the TGIA Members Only Lounge. It's a closed group. You have to request to join. Uh, it's moderated, and that's what makes it so great. Um, that's what um, keeps it civil. Also, you can find us on Reddit. Uh, that's reddit.com slash r slash TGI Atheist. And uh, you'll find show notes there and uh, some further discussion and all of that. So we invite you to come over to there. Uh, thank you, um, Chris, for sitting in. Thanks for letting me be here. Yeah, it's always great. It's such a delight to uh, have these conversations with you. Um, and then uh, we also need to thank um, the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music and Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And, uh, and thank you everyone for, uh, continuing to tune in. Thank you to our donors on Jenny and Angela, Jenny and Angela. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.